All right, how are you guys doing? This episode is sponsored by Groove Life. Now, we're going to start this thing off with a little bit of, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it's almost kind of memeish, but it's actually coming from an actual account, the Russian Embassy USA account. They posted a 20-second long video, which we're going to go ahead. You know, we're going to start off just by kicking it off with, with that thing, so you guys can enjoy this. Now, what's what's somewhat ironic about this thing is they're showing a uh, a video footage from or uh, a photo, I guess you say, from two thousand three of us entering the war or going through Iraq, I guess you'd say. And uh, yes, it's an Abram tank that's been destroyed, which is not super shocking. I mean, stuff gets destroyed during war, but I mean that's twenty years ago. Um, I would assume that the tanks that they're getting granted, the Ukrainians only have 31 of these tanks. So it's, I mean, we're going to talk about this here later on, but Robotine, uh, the, the, how do you say ro Robotin? How do you? Robotny? Whatever. Robotin, yeah. I, I, th I, whatever. Yeah. I think it's Robotine. It looks like it. That's how I'm going to say. They've got a fairly large striker unit that's actually just arrived there. And that's, I believe, to where the tanks are going to be going. But I don't think that that's going to be, they may not push to that main area. I think they might start a second front just northeast of there, which could be a possibility. Who really knows? But so I, it's, it's saying the Ukrainian's 82nd Air Assault Brigade has been reported to be deployed to Robotnya. Uh, the unit consists of 2,000 personnel, and they're equipped with 80 striker armor personnel carriers and several Challenger 2 tanks. And what they're saying is that they're going to take those Abram tanks and likely commit them down to Robotnya. Okay. So if they're going to commit those things, yeah, 80 strikers, I mean, they're just trying to cut off... Wow, that, that's actually pretty. It's fairly large. I mean, that's fairly large. Well, what it what it would appear to be is that they've hit a foothold. You yeah. know, like they've made a foothold in the northern edge of that that village, and then they're going to commit the forces to go and just try to overrun and push through it. Okay. Well, we're gonna, we're gonna t we'll touch on that here in a little bit uh, later on. I, I do know there's another thing that I saw, which was I'm not gonna say it's kind of goofy, but it is because some people don't realize that this these have been around for a little while. But these shoes, which you know, I'm gonna go ahead and play the clip of this. Uh, this, anyway, this this is being circled around by I I found it from my Global Crisis News is is what what posted this. It's like a minute long or so as you guys saw, but they're claiming that Ukrainians invent special shoes for crossing minefields and yeah, uh, being a prior special forces engineer sergeant that <laughs> that like you know specializes in demolition and demining and all sorts of crazy shit. I can one hundred percent tell you those types of shoes have been around since the eighties. So if, if not prior to that, they're protect you from maybe like toe poppers disperse a little bit of your weight, like outsize it. But it's ultimately, it's not going to protect them from mines in any way. Should one of those shoes step on it, like it gives them a little bit of standoff space. But other than that, you're still, you're still getting well, hurt inside of that, that clip there. There's a guy that I don't know if he's standing next to Yeah. The popper goes off like next to him. Yeah. I don't know if it's going off next to him, but I would assume it went off. I don't know. I would, it, it looked to me like it was a couple feet away. I'm going to tell you right now, I would not be the guy that would want to test that. Hey, let's go set off a I don't think they <laughs> use human beings to test those, if we're being perfectly honest, Rob. I am pretty no, sure. I'm talking about, don't think of it. Like the guy thought the video, I wouldn't want to be that guy. All right, guys, no. let's set off a toe popper next to me as I stand here. Absolutely not. No, <laughs> no. There's, there's test shots and then there's stupidity. You know what I mean? Like that's stupidity. 
It works, I guess. But, I mean, but this other thing. So imagine it's better going, than. No, I'll, I'll tell you what, though, it is better than nothing because the amount of like the amount of scat mines that are like all across those grounds are yeah. just like laid out there. Like that's. I mean, it's better than nothing as long as you're not wearing that shit in a full on frontal assault. You know what I mean? You're okay. But after everybody's pushed through, and you're going back to reclear the area, yeah. Throw those suckers on. Probably it's not much, but it help. You know what I mean? Like it, <laughs> it, it reminds imagine. me of uh, that. What was that movie with uh, Johnny Depp? He's the pirate, Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, you ever watch those? I mean, I don't remember. And he's really. not allowed to step foot on land, and the lady gives him a jar of dirt, and she's like, "This will save you." And he's like, "It's a jar of dirt," <laughs> and she's like, "Well, how's it make you feel?" He's like, "Better." She's like, so it helps, <laughs> okay. you know. Like that's, I, uh, yeah, that's, I, I, that's actually it's not really much, okay. but it's something. It. You know what I mean? I don't remember that scene, but I do like, I yeah. do like the analogy there. I, but I, all I could envision when I saw this, and I, it's still like kind of funny to me just thinking about it. It's like an open field. You got an open field. A dude trying to high step across this field with big lumps of grass, dirt that's uneven, and on the opposite side is a an entire entrench system with like. It, it guns in place right. and just shooting at him as he's trying to awkwardly move. That's back. not what that's meant for. <laughs> that's it, not what that's meant for. It is kind of goofy though. If you think about it. No. Yeah, it is. It is a little bit goofy. Uh, I, I guess this is kind of a random piece too. I was reading as well this morning. Uh, that the, there was an American soldier. We know that went into North Korea like two weeks ago, whatever it was. Oh yeah. I saw that real winner. So he goes into North Korea. Now his family is now pleading with the North Korean government to not be harsh on him. Oh no. Did, did you see that North I, Korean government finally made a statement? No, I didn't. I didn't. Yeah. So yesterday, the North Korean government made a statement about this guy, and it is that U.S. service member is now pleading with the North Korean government for amnesty. Like he wants to, or not? What's it called when the Mexicans cross in the U.S. and they're trying to stay here? Illegal. Not to sound really bigoted right now, but they're no, they're they're seeking amnesty. I'm pretty sure. You know what I mean? Uh, It's when there's bad stuff happening against you, and you want to get out. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's not what I was thinking of. I was thinking of yeah, dear God. Yeah, I can't. I'm brain farting right now. TBI moment. Anyways, yeah, that's what he's claiming right now over in North Korea, and and he's saying that he faced massive racial discrimination in the United States Army. And that that's his reason for defecting to North Korea. Oh, he's in a world of Yeah, so he pulled the race card. Okay. And that's why he went to North Korea. Poor guy. He's gonna have so much more issues. And I can assure you, I don't I there is <laughs> And his, his, now his family is actually yeah. what I heard was his family was saying the same stuff that he was having all sorts of racial issues in the army. Uh he spent I think it was like forty five days in a South Korean jail before he went over. So you tell me that he had racial issues in the army and yet He's a troublemaker who spent. Here's what happened. He got in a bar fight, got thrown in jail, and then they were going to ship him back to the States. The MPs dropped him off at the gate. And when he got to the gate, he said, Oops, I forgot my passport. And then the South Koreans were like, Well, go get your passport. So he went and he joined a tourist group. The tourist group went to the border, which how the hell he got away with that, I don't know. But he jumps on a bus with the tourist group after getting dropped off, uh, goes to the border, then skips in line at another tour to go up to the actual DMZ and just ran across the border. That's what he did. No. That's how he got there. Yep. I'm going to say he's a brand new private that's been in for like a year or something. I think it was like two years. But yeah, he's <sighs> clearly having problems. Man. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I love it. I love it. I love it. So we're going to go back into our, our, our deep dive into what's going on on the on the ground inside of Ukraine. Now I'm going to say there's – well, there's actually three different. So the Kubians area, I saw that there's well, not a lot of shift on, on – there's, there's there's pretty much zero shift no. since the like we last reported on it. They're still holding up on like that eastern border just fine. But 
I, I keep seeing reports so that it's, it's a lot of um, conscripts in a sense, but a lot of, I don't know why they keep saying um, guys have been pulled from jail. It's a lot the of convicts. It's pretty much, it's all it's over there. Yeah. Uh, that's what they're saying. It's fighting. I don't know if that's true. I don't even know how that's a proven fact or not, unless they took a bunch. I don't know. Uh, who uh, knows? I don't know. Who knows? I don't, I don't know how, how true that is. And that's, it's one of those kind of things as we've gone through this war, we know there's a lot of, Misinformation being pushed out from either side, but I can assure you guys that neither side has shifted. So, which is kind of a that's a good thing because we thought that city or the one above it was going to fall. The little village, the one down to the fire. south, yeah. It, well, so Ukraine did launch a couple of days ago. They had launched a counteroffensive up the, it, specifically in that area against that Russian offensive that took place, and it seems to be doing the trick. Good, well, good, 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 good. Now we're going to be shifting to the southern portion of the country just for a second. I'm going to go ahead and. Pull my mapping up. I know you guys love the maps. I'm actually going to be use. Um, I think we're going to use ISW maps today. Uh, there's a whole bunch. I mean, I make my own as well. But to be honest with you guys, I like the ISW one as of right now because they have uh, these little triangles, which just make me feel like I I'm looking at something a little bit more in depth of where the field fortifications, yes, all the fortifications and the lines are, and it's just, it's pretty good. So. We're going to zoom in here. As you, well, here you go. So you guys can see. So as you guys can tell, look at these these big, beautiful triangles. They kind of give you an idea of where the really heavily fortified areas are, and I think that's really good for you guys to see as well. I could draw this out, but I think I can zoom in, and it's it's laid out a little bit better just like this. Like, look, there's Tokmax completely just, just absolutely lined. And then you got Roboton. You can see the multiple layers of, we can call them entrenching system, or entrenched areas or just defensively held positions. You could tell, I mean, look at this. Just all the way, excuse me, along this entire line. Now we're going to be going up here to the north. I'm going to call this the northeastern portion of this front, okay? Just through here. So the town that they've now taken, which you can see right here, Uruzane, Uruzane has now been confirmed to have been uh, liberated by the Ukrainians 100%. And I'm actually going to read something verbatim about this area that is coming out. It's from a Russian war blogger. This, is kind of, this guy's kind of a big deal, but this is coming out of 1 p.m. Moscow time, okay? I'm just going to read it verbatim. It's, it's not too long now. He states, Attempts to attack armed forces of Ukraine do not stop in the direction. Roll after roll, Ukrainian units are trying to penetrate our defensives using armored vehicles and small infantry groups, which we're going to touch on that here in a second, what we believe and we know are actually inside that area. In some places, the enemy's success is temporary and is quickly being knocked out of its positions, and in some, they managed to go a couple of hundred meters to gain a foothold. Now, gaining that foothold is a big deal because once you gain a foothold, you can really, if done correctly, you can penetrate super deep and really split up those Russian forces and really cause a little bit of commotion. Now, this is what he, he didn't state that, but this is what he says right here. Another thing is that in these meters, although they are tortured by Ukrainians at the cost of huge losses, which I'm not entirely sure what that means. Anyway, create the opportunity to put constant pressure on our troops in those places where there are no mined areas left in the foreground. Okay. So there's no mined area left in the foreground. So apparently it turned out that with the Northern outskirts of, Robotine, where according to sources, enemy equipment periodically calls into settlement, no longer counting mined areas on its way. Okay, so that's a big, that's that's one of the big things here. So if there's freedom of movement for the heavy tanks and the BMPs and the strikers is one of the big, big things, which that's probably why the strikers now just got moved in there because mm -hmm. now there's no threat to them being running over. And they actually have like a... They've got a, a path a for them to be able to go, there. right. 
Uh, and the last thing he says here, but in addition to anti-tank mines, our fighters have many means of combating armored vehicles at their disposal. And his practice shows our guys are extremely effective. So I guess he just goes on to say that um, that his even though that they're struggling in that area, they have the means to actually take out some of these vehicles, which of course they're going to, they have the means to do it. Now they're going to be able to actively do it as the thing is you guys got to think about it. If they have now the Ukrainians in this southern area, which we'll show you some mapping in a second, have the ability to push through. The, the, this is something that, that hasn't happened in this entire counteroffensive. The entire counteroffensive, they've not had a very good foothold in the south. And now they're able to get there. And we know that there's Abrams coming, 31 to be exact. And they're going to be submitted and put. Uh, submitted is probably not the right word. I guess it kind of makes sense. Committed? Committed. Yeah, not submitted. Committed to this area along with. 80 something 80 80 oh i remember did you see that yeah 80 strikers so you and got an additional 2,000 troops an additional 2,000 troops 80 strikers and 31 abrams which i'm not going to say all 31 abrams are going to be they probably the well they'd be dumb to do that i'm thinking but it's going to yeah. be 10 maybe maybe five at a time i don't know who really knows because they're going to need you can't just dump all 30 they, they, they just in that village alone it's not a very big village i mean you're talking uh Oh, here I already pulled. You it had up. it pulled up, yeah. Yeah, it is. So from north to south, north to south, Robotnya, it's two kilometers north to south, so a little over a mile, north to south. That's nothing. East it's to like west, like town here in America. East to west, one and a quarter kilometers. You can't fit thirty Abrams and eighty APCs inside that town. No, no, but you can use them to help cut off and go around it. And there was a video I just saw. If you go right off the southern edge of Robotnya, about and go due east about two miles. There's a video of Ukrainian APCs and armor that tried to push down and through. You almost attempted to like circumvent the city mm-hmm. and ended up getting didn't, blasted. Didn't ended up getting blasted. Okay. So they, they are in the open trying to push past, and they are probing through those lines down south and around that city. So maybe they're going to start committing those on the outskirts and trying to cut the whole city off in order to clear it out. Maybe. Same envelopment technique that they're using up in uh, Bakhmut. Yeah. Yeah, which there hasn't been any movement there, really. All right, so before we push on, I'll tell you guys right now. You guys see this right here? This is a Groove Life belt. I own a company called Guggen Squad, and we have been using these belts. We actually made our own with them for, I think, now two years, which is kind of crazy because Groove Life has been a sponsor of this channel for a few months now. And lo and behold, I've been wearing their belts, and I'm the, I am the sole reason why Guggen has these belts. I bought one. I was like, that's cool because of this right here. Look at this. Absolutely insane. Look at that. This pops off. But they're stretchy. Look at this. So when you get fat and overweight like I am, and you guys bend over, it doesn't pinch you. I actually love them because of hunting. That's one of the main reasons why I did it. Hunting, walking through all the hills with your bag on, you have to bend over or do something like that. Your belt pinches you. This gives you a little bit of that that elastic, I guess you'd say, but it's not, I don't know. It's nice. I'm telling you guys right now, I've... I've given literally everybody that's come on this podcast one because I've I was sent a whole bunch and I've got a whole bunch of Guggen ones like this. I even have the green one, so I got the green and black one. So uh, they make belts, they make freaking rings and, and wallets. They make a ton of stuff. But it's 2023. If you guys still use the same belt, you guys are you guys are you guys are out of your mind. It's not 2003 anymore. Now is the time to update your belt game. Now the Groove Belt has a propriety webbing. That webbing I'm talking about, there's a stretching. It's engineered with just the right amount of stretch. The Groove Life design is the world's baddest buckle. This thing right here, Tony guys, look at this. It's kind of hard for my wife to get off. I ain't gonna lie. She struggles sometimes, so I had to do it for her. But whatever happens to your Groove Life gear and you guys need some help, the Groove Life's 94-year no BS warranty. They have a 94-year warranty on a belt. 
So you'll never need to buy another one. Not 90, not 95, 94. No, it's 94 <laughs> years. Not 94 years. So, kind of weird testing to get weird, that number. But it's good. I mean, I like yeah. it. The group belt is also good for the office, the woods. Like I told you guys, the backyard, everything in between. Plus, it never needs to be adjusted. Just put it on and forget about it. It's amazing. Give it a shot, guys. It'll be linked to the very top of the description. You need to check them out. I love them. I've been wearing them for years, well before they came on and was a sponsor of this podcast. Clearly, it has my company's logo on the dang belt. But it's time to bring your belt in 21st century. Head over to GrooveLife.com forward slash Rob and use promo code Rob to save 20% off all your Groove Life products. It's the best offer you'll find anywhere you guys have. And you guys have to use my code Rob, R-O-B, all caps, for 20% off your order. One last time for you guys. That's promo code Rob for 20% off at GrooveLife.com forward slash Rob. Do it. 20% off. You guys have to check them out. The link in the top of the description. All right. So we're going back over to this area. Um, of uh, robot, robot, robot nine, however you want to say it, Robotine. I think I'm, I'm going to stick with uh, Robotine. You do you, boo boo. I'm going to stick with Robotine. I there was another gentleman who's actually fairly intelligent. I do follow him um, because his. I don't know if he was a military intelligence guy or what he does, but he has been pretty on for some of the stuff that he he's talking about. Um, mm-hmm. He thinks there's going to be a secondary front that is opened on the north eastern portion of Robotine, uh, and he thinks that's what the tanks are going to be used for. That's what he believes. Could be. I have no idea. Um, but that's that's what he does believe. So if, that, if that's true, I mean, okay. But, you know, what also could happen is this could actually backfire significantly for the Ukrainians as well and not go as, as planned and end up with significant losses to men and equipment and really be a detrimental like peace to this entire offensive. It's not even working. That, that also could be a thing too. I doubt they're going to see significant losses in Robotny. I, 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 I think they'll, they'll get beat up a little bit, taking the city yeah. just based on some of the stuff that we're about to see in this video that I found. Yeah. But I think the real losses or the real battle that's ahead of them is down in Tokmok and getting to Tokmok. Okay. So Tokmok, I believe will take a very, I could be incorrect though, but as I showed you guys earlier, the defensive, layers they have just to get into Tokmok itself. What they really need to do more than likely is end up opening up another front on that western edge on the left bank of the river if they possibly can. There's a gentleman, by the way, who's like an ex-SEAL. Uh, I think his name is like Chuck Fafar or something. He keeps putting out this information that there's a there is a somehow a uh what is he saying? That they, they actually have like ferries going across the river there and they're bringing men and equipment across. That is not true. So if you guys see that being pushed on the internet, I don't know where he's finding this information, but I literally looked at satellite imagery from yesterday in the same area he's talking about, and there's nothing. There's no roads leading into there. I have no idea where he's even getting his information. Everybody kept like, you read the comments below, and they're like, where are you? Like people, like, of course, what I told you, like if you say something good about Ukraine, there's a million Mm -hmm. comments, but then there's like someone that said something against it. Yeah. And they showed all these images, and then it's like, the only rebuttal that he had was uh, the only rebuttal that he really had was uh, which was really strange that they were uh, inside their mother's basement. I'm like, well, that's not a very good rebuttal. If it's, I mean, if it's true, and then and the really there isn't one, then you just got to say there isn't one. Yeah, and there wasn't one. And I visually converted myself with 30 seconds of research by saying, oh look, the satellite imagery literally shows not there's true. nothing there. Yeah. So why are you saying there's something there? And that's not a good thing. Like you guys. You guys want to hear the good stuff coming from Ukraine. That's that's always a positive, which we've been doing this for almost a couple of years now. It feels like, but when it's not true, don't push it because it's a it's a false narrative that just it's not good. Yeah, it doesn't do the war any good. Doesn't do the war no. any good. So right now there is no 
that the, the Ukrainians did, they did get across. That is 100% true. But from what I can see right now, they're not there anymore. And I still think it's just probing attacks. This is why I say this. Probing attacks to attempt, not only to they stole that, that dude, I, I still believe that actually happened. Yep. But probing attacks to come back across so they can open up that Western Front, which then they're going to need to do at some point. Because when they're pushing down from the north, they're going to have to open up another front somewhere else. They'll, they'll need to, but I think what they're, what they're looking to do, what I would look to do, is I would look at just punching due south at this point in time. Like I would, I would go from where they're at over outside of Robotnia, push due south and at least cut off a land bridge. And then at least you've got them quasi isolated, even though Crimea is still opened up because yeah. it's going to yeah. be a hard fight. And if they're able to then push down off that land bridge and go over and cut off Crimea, go around Melitopol and like go southwest and cut off Crimea. Go to, to Bergyans. Yeah, now they the can ports. push across because doing a, I mean, it's a huge winter danger area for them to like push across that river the way they're doing. Oh, huge. Yeah. Huge, no, I, that's, and it's, it's a problem. They hold, what do they hold, two bridgeheads outside of Kursan? No, they, they, they don't anymore. That's the thing is he claims that they do, and I know they don't because we've looked at them. They held them, but then they didn't hold. Like It's not it's not like something there's like a – he's claiming that there's a freedom a freedom of, of no. movement there's, going across or not. not that no, ab- that's absolutely false. Yeah, that yeah can't, that's, that's absolutely true. false. Just so you guys are aware, if you guys see that online, it's not true. Just I don't know why that's being pushed. And it had 2,000 retweets. That's sure. why it's bad. It's not good. People are always retweeting it's, crap that makes them feel that's good. That's not good. That's not good when you guys see that. So. All right, so Tardio did find a very interesting uh, video out of this area, so I'm going to let you take lead on this because I haven't watched the video. I listened to the video, which means nothing because it was in a different language. I mean, you quasi-listened to it, yeah. yeah I don't, don't, don't worry, I've got subtitles for you. Ah, uh, it's exciting. Okay, so I'm going to let you take the lead here, and this is coming out of the same area. Um, yeah, this is straight up out of Robotnia, and it... And it what I'm assessing is it was recorded sometime back in July, like towards the end of July. Okay. So it's okay. showing Two, three weeks ago. inside the video, it's showing uh, some uh, little bomblets or, or, or whatever you want to call from us cluster munitions. Mm-hmm. All right. So some leftovers from the cluster munitions. We know they don't have a hundred percent detonation rate. Um, I think what the United States is saying is closer to like 3% of them don't go off like after they go. So there's going to be some residual ones left behind over in the area. So they've been using them down there but the interesting part to me about this video is it's actually showing some of the tech that russia has in there and then they also say dumbass things like the entire village has been leveled there's not a building standing and then you watch them run into a building it's like all right let's let's get our story straight here guys but the amount of uh trench systems the amount of tech the amount of weaponry everything else that they have is actually pretty interesting um that that's in this video and i I find it intriguing because it's what Ukraine is up against inside that village. And this is just a tiny, like, what, what do we say? Two by one? It's very small. Two kilometers by one kilometer? Very small. Yeah, so it's it's nothing. It's nothing. So here's the video, man. So we got going on here. So you've got... Night vision. So you've got a <laughs> Russian. Now, keep in mind, this is a Russian news agency. I try to cut out a bunch of the bullshit propaganda for everybody. But it's showing them moving into the village at night. They're going to talk specifically about Ukraine attacks. Okay. Well, you know, his eyes are going to take another 30 minutes to adjust after that. Yeah, to shit, right? <laughs> Началось 4 июня этого года. Киевские войска, очевидно, планировали за короткий промежуток времени дойти от Орехова до Мелитополя, 
и перерезать сухопутный коридор в Крым. Но вместо первоначальных замыслов они уже два месяца пытаются овладеть небольшим селом с названием Работина. Из-за постоянных обстрелов теперь здесь не осталось ни одного целого дома. А мрачный пейзаж выкрашенных осколков So all the villages are destroyed, but there they are inside one. This guy. Yeah. Okay. God, this is scary. Yeah, I hate that gun. Yeah, dishkas are terrifying. What's going on here? Oh, nothing. No. Oh, okay. They're just lobbing 30 mics, or is that what's going on there, or what? Yeah. Just lobbing grenades? Yeah. There was a part of it that I couldn't show, so I had to cut that out. Oh, okay. They showed him actually striking UAS. Oh, okay. Hmm. So take this with a grain of salt, but they're saying that like the 9th and 10th Army Corps were just decimated, like trying to push yeah. into Robotnik. Yeah, I mean, I, that could be somewhat true, but I don't know. I mean, I'm sure they suffered significant losses. So now we're going up to the front line on the Russian side, which is very intriguing to me of what they what they have. So I like the fact that he says it's relatively quiet because that means Ukraine's just been shelling the crap out of them. Yeah. Impossible to raise your head here, speaking about out of the trenches, because they've got a shrapnel that's normally flying around. So now they're moving up to where the uh, Ukrainian army tried to storm. There was a couple bodies I had to pull out and cut the video short, but that's one of their artifacts. Okay. They're standing over them. So he's saying that, uh, for people that are listening, he's saying that there was an APC that pulled up and dismounted troops and they lit them up with a uh, machine gun. And that the Russians didn't take any losses, but they decimated the Ukrainian dismounts. Yeah. I mean, that okay. I mean, I guess it could, could happen. happen. But I mean, now, I when we look at these trenches, like those are wow, machine dug trenches. Yeah, those are wow. I mean, there's definitely some hand digging in there, but. <laughs> So look at the amount of vegetation that's grown that's like been on there over and all around. Yeah, they've been there for a while. Yeah, those trenches have been there a long time. It's actually a good thing to have that vegetation there. Yeah. It's insane. They definitely did not dig that all that by hand. You, there's no way. In, right. That was not done. So now when we get here, this is what's really cool. Like. And I, I think they're stupid for showing half the stuff that they're showing. 
So they're about to show. Well, I'll just wait for it to pop up. So, I mean, that's one of those things, artillery. It, I mean, even if it took a direct hit, the odds of it actually collapsing, I think, are pretty, pretty slim. That's good. Like, they've, they've got to clear all that shit out by foot. So, there they've got a raid camera set up, and it's wired going down into the bunker. So they don't ever have to get up. That's up. So they don't even have to get out of there. So that's their observation point. And so there they can use that raid camera, watch Ukrainians approaching, and then call for fire on top of it. But it gets even more in depth about some of the stuff they have. It's not just soldiers and bunkers and raid cams. They've also got the... Uh, What's the uh, Russian UAV or the Russian uh, kamikaze drone? Uh, the Lancers? Yeah, they've got a whole Lancer unit there. Really? Yeah. So that's a Ukrainian or a, that's a U.S. submunition from the artillery rounds. Oh wow! And the guy is really dumb for fondling that thing because it could have just blown his hand off. He's got it. He's got it going. Yeah. Но современная война это прежде всего война технологий. В ней побеждает тот, кто смог раньше выявить и поразить противника. So it is very clear to me, you know, when we were talking about being up by um, like all the convicts and stuff being thrown up towards uh, Kupiansk. Yeah, that's not what's happening here. Like, they've got formal military forces that are dug in, that are well-equipped. And this is what they're up against. And if this is what they have in Robotnya, it kind of makes me wonder what they have down in Tokmok. I don't know. This could be all the good stuff that they have to try to hold the line. But this is the outskirts. This, this, is, this is the outskirt of their lines going in. You're absolutely right. It could be a propaganda video going in. But it's just. Yeah. So, there he goes, letting the Ukrainians know, hey, just when you guys are using smoke, we can still see through it. So. Whatever imagery they're they're using, do all that and find them. То неспокойное утро мы встретили вместе с бойцами армейского спецназа Осман. Выдвинулись ночью вместе с мобильным расчетом This is kind of crazy that this is exactly what was that you found this from this area that they're now pushing through. To be honest, you can kind of see what they're really having to deal with. Yeah, and the and the fact that the news agency was in there right of like right yeah. as all this was starting to unfold. So this is like what two three weeks ago, mm -hmm. probably in that area. Hopefully, half these guys are KIA now. It's pretty nuts. But I can't believe. I mean, I guess they showed this for their own people to see the see that they're actually doing some cool well, stuff. Yeah. I guess, but yeah, I've seen so many of these videos. My God, yeah, literally, I've seen a ton of these, and they do work really, really well. Like this guy's talking about. 
Можно сказать, что вы охотники? Да, непосредственно мы охотники. Мы охотники, и охота у нас достаточно успешная. So, I mean, you can picture with this amount of surveillance that's going on in the area, even moving in those 80 strikers, stuff like that, they're gonna they're gonna pick up on that pretty freaking quick. Like as they come to move in, same thing with the Abrams tanks. Say they go and start committing Abrams over there. These, I mean, they've got the weaponry to attack those Abrams, no problem. Um, so the counter UAV stuff doesn't work against these things very well, or what? I mean, it's all it's all operating on an encrypted encrypted network. You know, if we were just talking about. If we were just talking about like regular crap UAVs, you know, like ones that we would fly around to film stuff, mm -hmm. yeah, it's gonna work great. You know, like all those little ones that are dropping grenades and stuff yeah, like that, yeah. like it'll go. Once you start talking about the actual military style UAVs that they're running, it's all gonna be running off of encrypted networks. And so it's gonna be really hard to jam and get in there. Even with the kind of jam and stuff that we've had or we have? Yep. Even with all the Yeah, because you gotta figure I mean, I I'm not a I'm not an electronic warfare expert yeah. by any means, but you do have to know a lot of different things about them in order to get them jammed. You know, you can't, you can't just broadcast. I mean, you can broadcast a massive signal that goes out and try to cover everything, but now you're knocking everything out of the sky. They're still going to want their stuff to operate as, as well. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. That's so they, true. they target specific frequencies in order to try to knock those dang things out. And when you're running an encrypted network on those frequencies, it's, it's not listening because it's encrypted. So it's not paying attention. It's not getting jammed. Hmm. Okay. But I, I think when you look at what's happening over there inside Rabotnia with the amount of like forces that they have that's going on in there and how they're they're able to hold them back for so long and it's not a very big village, you know what I mean? It's it's really not. Well, two, do you think two they, clicks by one click? It's, it's going to crumble. Big. Yeah, it's going to crumble eventually. Well, I mean, if it crumbles, I think it's going to snowball. How about that? Uh, no, because I think I, personally, I think their their main fortifications are all behind that. And all Russia has to do is be like, you know what? Fine, take the stupid-ass village and roll back. Or they can all sit there and die. But either way, their main troops, their main focus, if you look at the reinforcements that are around Tokmok, mm -hmm. they've got something going on inside that damn village. Man, I don't know. That's crazy. If they really have that kind of fortifications always built up, which is because what we've seen in the past is once they bust through first, the first line, crumbles fast. But they also haven't had eight months or six to eight months to build up an entire multiple i right. mean, I think i can't even imagine and they're, we, they're we telegraphing they're, they're like ukraine's ukraine's basically telegraphing what they're going to end up doing so if it's a faint you know what i mean if they're if they're pretending like they're going to commit the forces over there and then they commit them somewhere else and go try to push through and open up another front that's a whole other ball game but if ukraine's legitimately committing that that 82nd brigade up over there With 80 plus strikers and 2,000 people, they're going to do a direct punch. I still think you, you still throw well. 80 strikers. I don't care. You throw 80 strikers and 2,000 additional troops at that. They're going to break through. Yeah, they're going yeah, to break right. through. But where they where they stop is the question. Where they reach that next line. So if they if they do bust through Rubonia and they start pushing through, we're going to see some terrain get take, and then it's going to do just like it did there, where it just burp stops because they're going to hit a new line, and they're going to have to figure that one out. And that's just to get in between the two. I think the distance in between. Uh, Robotnya and uh, Tokmok is 20 or 30 clicks, something yeah, like that. The, I mean, it's a lot of terrain to cover, and there's, there's a lot of stuff in between. There's like two different lines between them and Tokmok in the first place, like actual lines. Hmm. 20 kilometers between Tokmok and Robotnya. 
20, 20 clicks. That's a lot of terrain to cover. Well, good good thing for them is they have till the end of 2023 to do it. I think so. They got the end of 2023. That's I mean, what they got. I like to think so. But, but I know Americans are starting to get, yeah. uh, no joke, you know, you, the wildfires that are going on. You see everybody trashing on Biden about the yeah, wildfires yeah, going yeah. on. Hey, yeah. thanks for the 700, 700 bucks. Yeah. That's the timing's not real good for Ukraine right now. But if they can push through and actually be effective, then maybe they'll garnish a little bit more support from the Americans. They're like, okay, cool. You guys are doing something now. But I think it's good. They're doing big things with their life for once. Well, well in the last six months. I know we didn't even we didn't even talk about this. Uh, the the Secretary General, the Office of the Secretary General from NATO. Yeah, I I'm about to say. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. They 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 made a post or an announcement that said you. Ukrainians, if they submit the terrain to Russia and end the war, that Ukraine can join NATO. And Ukraine immediately answered back, kiss our ass. We're not yeah, doing Yeah, I know. I saw that. I, I saw that. That's, I don't think that's going to happen. Clearly, it's not going to happen, or it would have happened by now. You got anything else? No, sir. Well, I do hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We'll be back at with uh, another one tomorrow and the day after, the day after that, I hope. So let's see if they actually continue with pummeling down on the old Russians. We do love you guys. We'll catch you guys tomorrow.